Anyway. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Marilyn Harris here of Hard at Work, and uh, I'm on another podcast series uh, called Creating Your Impactful Legacy. And on the call today, I have Mila DeChant. We were just kind of laughing because I remember trying to pronounce somebody's name, Michaela. I couldn't get it going for the life of me. Finally, one day it just clicked. So anyway, welcome, Mila. I am so glad that you joined uh, me today on our call. And um, so welcome. And um, thank you. I enjoy uh, a great conversation. I'm sure we will. But anyway, so we like to talk about workplaces, issues. And of course, now we've got the greater other things that are going on in this world right now. And um, so those are also important. But um, it's just like, how do we address all of them? There's almost so much we can all do, but we all can do something. So um, tell us a little bit, Mila, how you got started going, doing what you're doing, um, your company, and why'd you decide to? And I read your story on your website, but for those people that haven't been there yet, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you got going. Sure. So. First of all, uh, thank you for having me, Marilyn. It's always a great pleasure speaking and sharing spaces with someone <laughs> who is always doing impactful things in the world and you focus on kindness. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, well, I started, my company's name is Chief of Hearts. Right. It's a culture science company. And I started my company back in 2018 after experiencing a very toxic uh, environment. I was part of a Fortune 500 company and I was there for three years and out of those three years for two and a half years I experienced very toxic dehumanizing demonizing um, treatment from my managers and it, it was not a one-off thing it was a daily thing and when I pushed back in terms of questioning, respectfully disagreeing, respectfully questioning, they retaliated in different ways. And retaliation came in the form of dismissive narratives or oppressing narratives where they would say, you're a foreigner, you can't speak English, mm. you can't do anything right, you can't take directions, despite me launching global programs and projects and saving the company half a million dollars. And the, the way that they treated me, the way that they created the whole environment to, to fight, to be against me was just too toxic. And I was yelled at every single day. I, <laughs> you know, I didn't know uh, when the next yell was going to come from, where it was going to come from, in what format it was going to come from. I didn't know if it was going to be in person via a text message or via an email. And I just couldn't take it anymore, you know, like listening to negative narratives, to the treatments. I was ostracized, I was isolated. Every time I would reach out to someone, I was even told by my managers, I was threatened not to reach out to anyone. If I spoke to anyone else, I would, I would see the repercussions. Wow. And to a point where I, my identity kind of corroded my my confidence corroded. Mm -hmm. I actually stood on top of a building ready to commit suicide in 2018 because the, the life told to me became my reality. Mm -hmm. And as I was about to jump, Marilyn, I 
had a voice. I didn't know where this voice came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, it said, stop. There's no one around, Mary Lynn. Yeah. No one around. Mm-hmm. And that was the defining moment for me to wake up and to say, no, I'm going to push back. Mm-hmm. So I pushed back in terms of still reaching out to other people. I went to HR. HR didn't want to help me. They said the problem was with me, not with my HR managers. Not with my managers. Right. And what I did was, despite them taking away my project, I still launched all the projects to a point where top leadership was seeing what I did. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I launched projects globally for APAC, for EMEA, for North America, for South America, and saved the company half a million dollars. And I tended in my resignation because I felt that it was not worth it climbing up, climbing up a steep mountain with 10 rocks in front of me pushing. Right. I just didn't feel it. And I walked away and I started my company called, called Chief of Hearts, very yeah. focused on culture science, where I help different organizations build a scalable, sustainable, evolving culture that focuses on diversity as the root right. that helps organizations catapult to unlimited potential. Right. So that's my story. That's why <laughs> I created my company. And, and I always went back... Like, my background is in engineering human conditioning right but in every facet of my career I always went back to creating a conducive culture for people in creating great programs for people great strategy where it attracted people it kept people and it elevated people and I thought to myself I've been doing this for 15 over years why not just start my company so there I am and here yeah. I am today. <laughs> for sure. I mean, like, um, why not? I mean, you've been doing it for so long. Why don't you build it for yourself rather than for somebody else who doesn't appreciate it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go, go find people that do appreciate you and want to work with you versus the other way around, you know? Yeah. So often yeah. we have to do that, but we don't see it until we just say, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> I'm moving right. on. <laughs> and, and those are the moments, right, where it pushes you to the limit. Those are the defining moments where, where I feel that the universe tells you, hey, yeah. it, you, you, it's not like you have to quit. It's, it's, not, it's not a dead end, right? Yeah. You, you are a unique individual who can find solutions. You have the potential to find solutions. So the universe gives you signs, and the signs can be fact where people are pushing you to the point where you feel like giving up or you want to give up right so it ultimately the key is in our hands but it's just we need that push like that voice that i had mm-hmm. like the voice is hit the voice and the voice like the voice said stop yeah right and and it can come in many different forms but it came in that form for me right and that was right. the defining moment for me yeah yeah that's why it came to me too when I started on this venture about kindness, you know, it, right. it came to me too. It's just like, because, you know, at that time I was just like, okay, I give up, you know, I don't know what to do anymore. And I won't share my whole story, but anyway, it's just like, like you were saying, it comes to you and through your voice is, but you have to right. pay attention. You have to be willing to pay attention because if you're not at that very edge where you've already surrendered or you've given up, you're not willing to listen to that tiny voice inside who's been trying to screaming at you for a long time 
but you haven't been paying attention. So times till you physically do something like I'm going to jump off this bridge. I'm so glad you didn't, but you, that's what point you get to, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and we always need to fight through. We always need to fight through. And that's, that's the problem with, with a lot of places, right? Workplaces where the, the concept of worth, right? Like, how much are you worth? Are you really worthy? These narratives come in the form of, of like, pay, right? Mm -hmm. Pay equity, like, giving you, you in, like, unequal pay. Mm -hmm. Women are paid lesser than men, or colored women are paid lesser than white women and right. white men, right? These are the forms, are all forms and, and places. I feel that it's a policy, too, put in place to kind of, like, gauge your worth. And to really prevent you from becoming worthy. Right. Um, but we have to fight through all of that. If we don't speak up or say something or act on something, mm -hmm. then it, those narratives, those toxic narratives, toxic behaviors become dominant negative behaviors. And that is what is happening right now. But, but we, through kindness, through empathy, through heart for leadership, we can change mm -hmm. a lot of things. Right, right. And because, like you were saying, they're all um, functions or activities or things that they want to keep, whether it's women down, colored women down, colored people down, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. It, they have all these, you know, it's the old, old man's network or old boy's network, right? It's all, yeah. it's all really a lot of them. And it's not to say that white people don't go through the same crap, but it's, it's just more noticeable mm -hmm. when you're black or you're colored or if you're not white right mm -hmm. not to say um well i don't want to get into the big political things of everything but you know what i mean it's just sort of like yeah. so but i really here want to talk about you and what you're up mm -hmm. to these days and what kind mm -hmm. of things that you're finding that your clients are now facing about um you know what's going on because you know we have the virus and then we have the uh, other eruptions going on you know and they're important so how do your clients um feeling or how do they what are some of the objections they come up with so a, a lot of that well right now due to the current landscape right, right. uh i've been getting a lot of, of ask about oh we need to build diversity and and my first question is are you creating this program as a pr stunt yeah or are you truly wanting to create diversity right because there's a difference between being inclusive conscious inclusion and exclusive inclusion mm -hmm. and this and and the kind of acts that are I see a lot is being exclusive inclusion in the name of PR because right. they want to, to, to protect their brand. Right. So whilst I hear a lot of clients asking, Hey, we need to have diversity program. We, we just need you to tell us what to do or tell us, tell us if we are on the right path. Right. But again, my follow up question is, are you really wanting to, to implement diversity? Because if you just want me to take a look and agree with you, that's not what I'm here to do. Yeah. Because for me, 
for me is that even though I'm a culture scientist, a lot of my clients treat me as though I'm a consultant. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. That's the difference that I'm here to break that that status quo as to I'm not a consultant who's gonna gonna agree with you. Right. Because I'm I'm a culture scientist. I've done research, I am doing research, current research to tell you this is the strategy that we must be doing. Right. So once I hear a lot of clients say, Hey, we need your help, but at the same time, we need your help according to how we want you to help. Right. So that's the first narrative that I try to dismantle. Yeah. <laughs> dismantle. Yeah. Right. It, it's it's like saying, Hey, I'm 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 drowning, but I want you to help me. But I want you to help me by you jumping in and going underwater and lifting me up on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's like you like you, if you need help, you need to be open. So that's what I'm hearing a lot nowadays. Yeah. But on the other hand, there are a lot of clients who are willing to say, hey, we have been doing diversity wrong all along because to most people, diversity is just race and gender. Right. Right. And, and most people do not have the education or exposure to really understand what diversity is. It's not about redefining what diversity is. Right. The meaning of the word. But it's about redefining diversity in a form of making other people understand what it is. We need to start understanding what it is as opposed to telling people diversity is X, Y, and Z. Right. Or it's like saying cake can only be made with flour, sugar, <laughs> and milk. <laughs> you know? So, Brown sugar, <laughs> <laughs> white flour. <laughs> so, so that including like there are so many variables, and we need to start thinking about variables as opposed to like adopting cookie cutter things that is not has not been working for the past five years. That's not been working for the past ten years. Yeah. Um. So that's where I go in and tell my clients, hey. I am not a consultant. I'm a cultural scientist. I'm here as a success partner to help you. Right. Uh, let's, let's move forward together as opposed to let's move on. When you say let's move on, then, then we're not willing to learn and we're not willing to embrace change. <laughs> right, right. I mean, because really that's what you're inspiring people to do is change, mm-hmm. right? And, right. Um, and there's old adage saying that people don't normally like to change, I guess. But like, again, if they're forced to that situation where they have to change, then they will. So, yeah. So have, have you had any other s- stories or examples of successful uh, client relationships you've had um, or stories that you could share that you'd like to provide? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have worked with many organizations where um, people do come and are willing to or are willing to learn about what change is, right? right. Or what hot culture is. Right. Because one of the pillars of my company is hot shit. Right. And hot shit is about truly understanding, truly valuing your people as a, as a human being, mm-hmm. right? truly seeing them as to how they exist in life how they exist in life not just from a one-pronged perspective but from a three-pronged perspective and what does that three-pronged perspective look like home society and at the workplace right so i have had i've helped clients who who want me to come in and you know take a look at the whole organization and and create strategies as to how can we move 
how can we integrate diversity right. or how can we integrate hot culture into mm-hmm. the whole organization right because when we truly focus on that we will truly realize that diversity isn't an isolated team it's actually an integral part of everything it's right. integral to a point where diversity is present in finances in operations in mm-hmm. people in hiring mm-hmm. right in progression in every single part in in uh, in your software development team your stem de- uh, department even people who are the janitor of a company right mm-hmm. it all includes into that from way at the bottom to way at the top diversity is not inclusive right sorry diversity is not exclusive it is inclusive for right. everyone and every facet of the organization so so this who are embracing you know how to change the whole paradigm shift the whole paradigm adopt a new paradigm are willing to adopt those those frameworks that i i create like strategies and implement in your organization and they have seen retention rates go up they have seen progression rates go up right i'm not the typical person who goes in and, and says okay this is what we need to do this is what performance review is this is what productivity is i'm the kind of person who goes in and say performance review should be thrown out of the window because performance review are for robots you can't really say hey you're not performing you are performing we need to rethink as to what are the variables impacting our humans mm-hmm. if we're not willing to understand that right mm-hmm. like for, an, for an example um i i had a client last year where we spoke about grievance most companies give oh well, majority of the companies give grievance three-day grievance right when someone dies in your family let it be a spouse a family member like a parent or a child mm-hmm. three days it's not enough to get over a grief right what if you know flights are expensive right what mm-hmm. if you're working out of state flights are expensive to fly back or even to drive back can you imagine the stress of driving back when you when you have received the news that your parent has passed away right or your sibling has passed away the stress level does not allow you to concentrate what if you get into a car accident when you're driving to a funeral right those are all the facets that we need to become aware and make visible to because these are all invisible things invisible mm-hmm. things as as in it's not like people do not know about it people know about it but they choose they choose to put on their blinders yeah when we approach things from a systemic point of view right how mm-hmm. a human exists from a systemic point of view then you will understand what performance is what production right. is productivity is mm-hmm. some of the solutions that I've brought to some of my clients yeah yeah i can see that you know like when you're especially when you said as an example if somebody dies you know um mm-hmm. i've had bosses tell me you could take as much time as you need but we're we're not paying you <laughs> i'm like okay um that's fine i mean at that point in time you're going to agree to whatever right because you're in such grief or stress right and mm-hmm. um i understand that but i guess there's like you were saying is okay what 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 can we do to improve upon that for that person that needs to leave or can't fulfill their obligations at work yeah right 
Yeah. Right. Because with stress, right? With stress, and and I wrote an article recently about working from home is not the same as working remotely. Right. But this COVID pandemic has pushed all of us, or right. majority of companies, to <laughs> adopt work from home. Right. So we need to rethink what working from home is during a pandemic and during a personal crisis. Personal crisis, like when your child is sick. Or when yeah. you're when you have a disabled parent, a disabled child, a disabled spouse, when someone passes away, a lot of managers say, you know, take as much time as you can, just like what your managers taught you. Right. Work from home, but the but still they are functioning from a very capitalistic mindset. Work yeah. from home. I still want the work to be done. I'm still paying you. I still want the money in. But when someone is going through a personal crisis. Mm-hmm. they are not in the right state of mind to work from home right, right. It's, it's like the, the pandemic has clearly revealed that a lot of people are undergoing anxiety depression working from home trying to juggle work and then homeschooling kids they are putting on extra jobs on right being the hat putting on the hat as a teacher putting on the hat as a child a child caregiver putting on the hat as a chef creating meals for the kids if if they have a disabled parent, disabled child, putting on the hat as a caregiver, right? Mm-hmm. As, as, a, uh, as um, organizing medications and everything for them. So when the pandemic has clearly brought up what kind of crisis someone goes through, it has definitely made us think about, rethink about what a person goes through during a personal crisis, right? right? So. That's why we really need to break down, dismantle the systemic point of view as to how one belongs. How can we enable someone in our organization and not put on the uh, you know, product, uh, performance and production uh, statistics and data and you know, say, hey, you're not performing, you're out of the door. Right. People are, people are not dispensable. So coming, I focus on very heart-centric which is hardship I call it hardship right. and that's the pillar of really valuing a human from the core if we displace them by saying you're not performing we are taking away their paycheck we mm-hmm. are enabling we become responsible for making them homeless for making them just dis- becoming displaced in society mm-hmm. so there are always repercussions everything is a domino effect right mm-hmm. to survive you need a job Right. How do you find a job? How do you survive out of a job? So we mm-hmm. really need to rethink the whole paradigm of how humans exist, how jobs exist, what are social responsibilities? Right, right. There's so many responsibilities in that, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you share some um, kind of services that you provide your clients um, that you, you offer? Absolutely. So I I do three uh, things. I I I host workshops and training mm-hmm. for C level management uh, for leadership teams for for middle management as well on how 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 to lead right how to lead from the heart. So I call it hardship right. workshops and training and on diversity as well. And of course, I always encourage clients to to partner up with me. I offer success partnerships. Success partnerships is is ideal where if you truly need help with diversity or mm-hmm. leadership, that that's the part that I often 
recommend it is a six month to one month success partnership where I go in and help organizations analyze the climate and create strategies right and help execute the strategies right and then I do speaking events as well speak on different topics right uh, if they want <clears throat> to train their HR teams their L&D teams or their diversity teams or different HR teams right. under the umbrella of diversity and people mm -hmm. so those are the three things that I offer workshops training speaking and then success partnership right right I like what you call it success partnerships it has a nice ring to it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, <laughs> what's that because I truly I truly believe in in partnering up with someone where their success is focused and success and let me mm -hmm. define what success is a lot of people think success is about this is what we need to do this is x amount of money that we need to do success is also about you know if if we hit failure within the month we need to re relick rethink recalibrate right as to what went wrong right how can we take that and then re-strategize, be agile, re-strategize mm -hmm. and say, okay, let's try plan B. It's not just plan A. We need to have plan A, B, C, D, E, all the way to plan Z. Right. Because I look at strategies and being successful in the form of a science experiment. Mm -hmm. That's my engineering background. <laughs> <laughs> because as an engineer, I was a chemical engineer. During chemical engineering, we were taught how to do multiple experiments. Right? Mm -hmm. from every experiment if the experiment is not favorable if it failed we mm. were taught not to look at it as a failure we were taught to look at it as what were the variables which were not mm -hmm. favorable to it and then we will recalculate recalibrate and then we will do more experiments to a point where we would get the expected or wanted outcome so that's exactly how i look at organizations too success right. is not Success is not linear. That it's exactly like our heartbeat. It's up right. and down, up and down. You need to find the right variables to make it become more conducive. And that's not the end. You need to constantly evolve. Right. So that's why I call it success partnership. Yeah, because it's a constant ongoing diagnosis, if you will, of what's working, right. what's not working. And right. like you were saying it has ups and downs, right? So you might be, oh, this really works here, but didn't work over here. Why? You know, so there's, yeah, right. that's the variables in there, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. So if somebody wanted to work with you, uh, Mila, where would, how would they get a hold of you? Sure. So they can uh, contact me directly via my email, connect at milodishon.com. Or find me on LinkedIn, Mila Dushan, spelled as M-O-L-A-D-E-C-H-A-N-T. Or find me on Twitter. I host uh, live Twitter shows talking about different facets of culture. Oh, really? And yeah. I host live shows as well. Um, I interview people to engage in, in a dismantling discrimination, to building sustainable culture, and really... Uh, bringing important conversations to how do we look at sustainability and scalability and evolution from a diverse perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So those yeah. Are the three. Yeah. Cause I was going to say you have your podcast too. So yeah, yeah. I do have my podcast <laughs> called hot ship. Hot ship <laughs> the now of leading in it. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's so cool. So anyway, plus, um, if you want to get a hold of Mila, she'll be on her own page at uh, podcast.hardatworkonline.org, as you know. And then um, it'll be also on um, Anchor under Impactful Legacy. So there's an audio file and a video file. So for those who would like to multitask, you can listen to her and still do your own gig. Because I find with videos, you really got to pay attention. Otherwise, you miss something. <laughs> so anyway, but thank you for joining me today, Mia. I really appreciate uh, your wisdom and your words. And um, you're really your story, your, your uniqueness of your story. And I don't think it's that unique, but not that, because everybody has such a really good story to tell. And, but they, you are very unique in your own little way. So thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Marilyn. Okay. And as my final say would be, be kind to each other because that's all we got. Okay. Take care. Thank you.